0: So good morning, everyone. I um, want so, uh, <clears throat> to talk a little bit about practice this morning. Um, so, for now on the retreat, um, we want to be emphasizing the energy body. Just for now. Um, now, I'm not going to repeat much at all about the energy body because we've asked you to listen to all those talks and explain e- explaining lots of stuff about it, right? So you're all good with that. Um, but I will say just a little bit. I, I can't um, actually, because I just got a note. Uh, so there will be um, a chance to ask questions about this later today so we'll announce when that is, but if you feel like you're not unsure if there's certain experiences, it doesn't make sense how it fits together, we'll, we'll, uh, there's a chance later on. I'm not going to go into all the um, uh, instructions and possibilities about that, because uh, that was one of the stipulations of the retreat. And Just to say very, very brief, briefly about the energy body, um, What are we talking about when we say energy body? Um, It's a little bit different than the usual mindfulness of sensations that we're used to in the insight meditation tradition or in the mindfulness (coughs) um, teachings. So, ouch, I hit my knuckles on the wall and I feel the sensations there. I can feel the coolness of the air on my skin. I can uh, feel the sensations on the hands uh, with the water running from the tap. This is all what we're used to, mindfulness and s- sensations. So this overlaps with what we might call mindfulness of the energy body. Uh, they overlap, but there's, there's a, I would say, um, we're tuning, we're tuning to, with a different sensibility when we talk about energy body. So it overlaps what we're talking to, but, um, but it's a different kind of tuning. And that ability to tune that way, um, it, it grows with practice at first and you probably know this it's, what's he talking about, it's a strange thing what are they on about but it, as we do it more it becomes just, it becomes just part of one's life this, that kind of sensibility to the body and we're really talking about this space, a little bit bigger than the physical body, that field that um, field of vibration, of feeling, of texture of energy and we're talking about a sensitivity to that a tuning to that uh, uh, what's there. So in some ways uh, we might say that um, when, we, when we use a word like energy body it's as much that we're talking about um, or if you like more that we're talking about a kind of awareness, a kind of sensitivity uh, a sensibility, we're talking about a subtlety of attention more than a particular experience more we're talking about a kind of way of paying attention than about the, bo- the body per se um, or a certain experience per se, oh, I, I remember when I had this flow of energy that's what the energy body is, no that's a certain experience so we're talking about paying attention in, in, in a different Uh, mode, a different uh, way. It's, if you like, it's a way of feeling the body. It's a way of attending or attuning to to this field, this space here. Um, uh, The space of and the space around the body. Why do we do this? Uh, okay, so this this should all be recapped. Why why are we doing this? Well, there's a number of reasons. Um, I would say so. One of them is for the sake of what what I would call samadhi, uh, meaning the um, the chance to energize the, the body and the mind, to nourish the body and the mind, to uh, rest body and mind, to to let that whole field here, this space here with the awareness become bright and calm and that serves as a real resource in our lives there's so much um, that we can benefit from, from learning to, to harmonize the energy body and dwell in that and, and let the awareness spread in that. So that's one reason that the energy body is, is an uh, integral factor of all samadhi and it's a way of approaching samadhi. Second reason is it's really, really helpful in relation to our emotional life. And what, what reverberates, what resonates in the body, in the energy body, it, it uh, expresses and reflects our emotions, sometimes very, very subtle um, micro nuances of our emotional life. And to to have some facility with that, to have a way of approaching it and holding it. Um, via the energy body can be really, really skillful, really helpful when there's difficult emotion, but also when there's lovely emotion, and also surprisingly helpful when there's very subtle emotion, not really much going on. Really, really helpful. Um, third reason for the energy body: uh, the, the, the focus on that and the emphasis of that is that it 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 can serve as a kind of navigator, a kind of um, uh, indicator of when we're on the right track so it serves to help guide us in practice um, With whether that's imaginal practice in the sense of soul making or, the, or an emptiness practice or samadhi or metta or, or whatever um, insight practices, there's a way actually it can really serve well to tell us, to give us a sense of when we're on track when things feel in harmony, we're on the right track, some things opening, softening, loosening, energizing, whatever it is. Uh, so all these reasons, um, and, and more perhaps. Um, when we come to talk about <clears throat> imaginal practice and cosmopoesis and the kind of things that we're talking about, we can't do that all day. Imaginal practice all day is, is, is kind of too much for the psyche, really. So we want to be going back and forth, between practices and this is one of the things I want to em- we really want to emphasize on this retreat is this flexibility, I'll say more about that, flexibility between different approaches at different times, sensitive to what's helpful but whatever we do uh, the energy body is going to be um, a part of it, we're not going to lose connection with the energy body, that's the encouragement so whatever... Directional orientation at any time in practice, the energy body is is an integral part of that and is involved. We're connected with that, we're sensitive to it. As I said, today, we'll unfold instructions as the week goes, today really to have more emphasis on, on the energy body, on being aware of that, on playing with that, um, p- uh, and d- dwelling with that, whether that's just collecting in the samadhi, or um, or just sensitive to the emotions there or whatever. A um, bit more emphasis on that, but even now starting today you can be fluid between these different practices. So um, you can move between um, you know, images and, uh, and let an image resonate with the energy body and come back it, it, uh, uh, to the energy body or from images to uh, feeding the energy body and then the, the, go to the samadhi you get a sense of how you can move between these? Yeah? Um, <coughs> or you might be dwelling with an emotional resonance in the energy body, and then that gives rise to an image. So there is flexibility, but today, a bit more emphasis on just dwelling with the, with the energy body. Um, but there's that fluidity. And uh, maybe you've got the sense listening to those talks that, you know, anything goes. Anything goes here. The, the, the range of creativity and what's ways of working with the energy body, it's like en- whatever works it's fine, even if you think this is the weirdest thing that I've ever experienced, if it's working, if it, it's fine so you, you really um, this encouragement on this retreat from both Catherine and I to, to really be creative, let yourself be creative, but when we talk about energy body we're really talking about um, if you like a kinesthetic felt feeling of energy so you might be working with a visual image or whatever, but it's always going to be coming back to this felt sense, yes? Okay, I'll talk at the end about um, walking in the energy body, but maybe just to say some general things um, about practice and, and about this retreat, about, about practice on this retreat. Um, let me say two things about teachings and listening actually just briefly Um, uh, it's interesting how we read and listen as human beings because often we read and listen from within a certain box of what we understand Um, and that's sometimes really necessary because we need to build these boxes these containers of understanding and sort of let them grow consolidate them the downside of that sometimes is that we hear, we don't hear what's outside of our box. So we're hearing from a certain framework and we actually don't, we don't hear what's new. We, we sometimes literally don't hear it or we chop a bit off it or we convert it into something so it sounds like what, what's already in my box. I'm not really hearing anything new here. So this is tricky, it's a balance. We need to consolidate structures of understanding and at the same time we need to be aware of this human tendency not to hear the new, almost not to be challenged. Does that make sense? So, <laughs> holding both both uh, those poles in, in mind, I wonder sometimes, sometimes if it's possible to listen in general on this retreat or reading a book or whatever it is, other retreats and actually listen in a different way. I'm listening listening for what doesn't fit into my box. Listening to grow, listening to stretch, listening to challenge. Yeah. Second thing and related to that um, and related also to the sort of dichotomy there is um, sometimes we listen or we read and we really focus in on one thing you know one real small detail that seems to us to be helpful or that fits in our box and resonates and this is re- really important you know we're listening for that richness of detail it's a little for most people for most of us it's a little harder to listen or read and um, what i would call structurally so listening for the wider relevance how does this fit into the bigger picture of what's being pre- presented or how does all this fit together do, do, do you understand? often oftentimes we don't really listen we just hear this bit or that bit uh, we don't listen in a wider way but there's something about listening and getting a bigger picture that will help the details and will help um, confidence in practice and growth in practice does this make sense what I'm saying? yeah? so again it, it's not easy for us as human for most human beings That we don't have minds that work that way but if you can and if you're not sure, why on earth are you going on about? I remember a talk years ago. I was saying something about quantum mechanics, and someone just, just said, "Oh, I just thought you got lost on a tangent." And it was very relevant for, for the whole point. But it was obvious to me what the relationship. I should have made it clear. Um, so if you're not clear, ask. But there's something about listening. Listening. What I call structure. Listening for the the greater relevance of what's being said. How it fits together. Okay. Now I want to say um, something about the <coughs> emphasis of practice in in this retreat. So this is general now. I'm not actually not giving so much uh, nuts and bolts instructions this morning because you should be familiar with that. So I'll say some stuff and hope uh, hope you can remember this over the retreat because what I'm talking about is also um, ha- habits of orientation. So generally. Uh, the general points, but in, in the insight meditation culture, and also in other spiritual traditions, um, there are certain, if you like, attitudes or orientations or emphases, inclinations and assumptions that kind of get pretty entrenched for us, so much so that we often don't even realize that they're operating as a kind of, um, uh, you know, bedrock uh, of our practice. They just—it's just how we think and what we do—and they become quite dominant in the culture and in in our individual practices, and uh, they're very prevalent. And and what we would like to do, Catherine, I would like to do, is actually um, a little bit break that up, loosen these up. Um, So one of them is to do with concentration, and I mean that in two in two modes, okay. Especially if you, you, you're familiar with the insight meditation tradition, there's a lot of emphasis on continuity of mindfulness. Right? Not here. <laughs> I don't care about that. No, more than I don't care, I'd rather you weren't. And I'll explain what the alternative is. Okay? Um, mindfulness becomes a way to live. If I could... We acknowledge that it's not possible, but if I could, it would be best if I was continually mindfulness, mindful. I, I would like to question that and disrupt that and replace it with a notion of, of flexibility of ways of looking. and mo- Deliberately moving in and out of, of, consciously in and out of different ways of looking, rather than trying to be mindful all the time trying to create mindfulness as a way of life, as if it's uh, something in, an end in itself. Now we could say a lot about that, we may or may not come back to on this retreat, but I don't want to dwell. So rather than continuity, and we have to ask, why continuity? I'm not going to answer this, but it's a very, why has this become so central and so, such an unquestioned assumption in the Dharma? What's underneath that assumption? Actually, there's quite a lot underneath it, maybe later. So second aspect of concentration, first is continuity. Second is um, not just the continuity of mindfulness, but the continuity of focus. How many times as a teacher, you know, I hear people, uh, really what they're trying to do is just stay with one object, usually the breath. And sometimes decades of frustration at trying to do that. Now, I'm not saying that's not got its, <laughs> its place, but so often it gets prioritized, this, this focusing, uh, staying with one sti- thing, keeping the attention steady. And when, when, I, when we use the word samadhi, we're talking more about this harmonization, well-being uh, in, in the energy body and less about focusing the mind. Uh, and keeping it on one thing i don 't know some of you <laughs> some some of you can recognize as you 're probably hearing this how how uh, how we become wedded to certain ideas so this is for this this week at least i 'd like to shake a little bit we 'd like to shake a little bit of this up, loosen it. Second thing, uh, what we might call atomism, um, uh, related to, to, to what we just talked about, but this, this kind of um, shrinking the mind to, to smallness, as if seeing small details, the moment-to-moment process, or how finely this or that sensation um, can be revealed to consciousness. Fine, it has its place, it's also limited. It's not something on this retreat that we're that interested in. Uh, both in terms of attention and also in terms of understanding, as if, as if the, the atomistic process is something kind of real, that there really are moments, that there really are all that. Um, third, we'll come back to this in the retreat, is a kind of realism or reificationism. So the, everything that we're doing is not, is not based on reality claims or truth claims. Maybe this sounds abstract. I don't know, but but once you start questioning, you one realizes just how much of most teachings and most practice orientations, most psychotherapies, etc., is all based on some kind of reality claim. What is it to just take that away? What does that free up? What does that allow? Ex- extremely radical. Another one. Uh, is when we touched on it last night a little bit, is just the emphasis on sort of solitude and self-sufficiency. And if we can open that out, as um, Catherine was talking, mentioned uh, last night. Um, So yes, there is a place for solitude, but what is it to open up more to the togetherness and the relationship? So again, insight meditation, Theravada and Buddhism has a lot of focus on on the solitude and self-sufficiency. And it can, even, it can become for us a sort of, it would be better if I could be more self-sufficient and solitary. And just generally, um, how much we absorb ideas from the cultures that we're in, the wider culture but also the Dharma culture, and we don't quite realize how much power they have. A tremendous amount of power, all kinds of ideas about where we're going, how we should be, it would be better if this, I, um, so so uh, much power and uh, prison really from from these kind of things. So part of what we're doing is wanting to, to question these kinds of things. None of them are bad, none of them are wrong, these things that I've mentioned. It's just they tend to get um, over-emphasized and uh, dominant, and even to the, to the point of exclusion, like the opposite doesn't have a place. And, and in that, our practice gets limited. They are, they are limiting ideas. As much as some of them are helpful, they are also limiting Okay, so rather than all that, to, to replace it with this idea of flexibility of ways of looking, deliberately moving in and out uh, consciously of different modes of being, perception, ways of looking. Um, why? This is what reveals to us the dependent arising of things. This is what reveals to us the emptiness of things. If I'm just mindful, I, I will not know that. It will not come. I will not have that depth of insight. I need to move flexibly in and out. And I see, when I, when I look this way, this is what the world looks like. This is what appears. When I look another way, that's what appears. Dependent arising, emptiness. Um, but as well, what we want is really to develop this flexibility and this availability of different ways of looking. This, this, to me, is really this retreat, but in general also what, what we're interested in developing. So sometimes, you know, in the week, really fine, it's okay to, to um, uh, not practice, you know, to, to have periods where you're not, I mean, there's some basic mindfulness, but, but you're actually not practicing. What's more important is the deliberate, at times, moving in and out and noticing what happens, and we'll talk more about this. Sometimes people wonder about precision, Um, then where's the precision if I'm not practicing in my usual way of close mindful scrutiny to the details of my experience? What what, what happens to precision in practice? Um, Precision is not in the uh, uh, the microscopic consciousness or the microscopic understanding of things in what, what we'd like to say is the precision is more in um, a kind of subtlety and clarity of differentiation, uh, discerning between different ways of looking. What exactly is involved in this way of looking that I'm engaging in right now? What exactly is involved? How is this way of looking that I'm looking that I'm sensing in, knowing in right now, how is it subtly different from one that sounds quite similar? Not easy, different orientation of thinking about practice. What exactly are the effects in this moment of this way of looking on my emotions, on the energy body, on my sense of freedom, on my sense of self, on my sense of another, on my perception of the world. This is where the precision is. Noticing these subtleties. And why? Why is it that when I look this way, I, I see like this? It's the, a lot of insight, talking about just a different way of approaching practice, a different core idea underneath practice. So that's where the precision is. Rather than in the microscopic detail or the or the microscopic concepts, <clears throat> one of the things that I I would say we're interested in opening the door to is the the possibility of um, subtlety, the possibility of a subtlety of awareness, a subtlety of sensibility. Now we're not making a hierarchy here, it's not like okay, not focus but subtlety is what we're going for Uh, rather what we, put it another way, we don't want to prevent subtlety okay, so we want to keep the door open to subtlety and gross is good too yeah, so it doesn't, it's not always about being subtle but there's something about deepening more generally um, in, in meditation, generally speaking, I would say deepening involves and and to some degrees corresponds to an increase in subtlety Again, this is not something we usually think of think about how long can I stay with the breath or whatever? So just to, to introduce another um, dom- Domain or dimension of experience that we we tend not to think about so much And again the subtlety is not in the microscopicness of attention or this moment and how fast I can spit up a, a second or whatever. Um, but when, when, when we use words like subtlety, it's really um, subtlety of the vibrations, for instance, in the energy body that we're aware of, or the, the tones, the emotional tones, or the wavelengths. We, we become more sensitive to more subtlety there, to the subtlety of resonances, the subtleties of emotional um, movements and states. Um, uh, shades of emotion, more uh, refinements of perception in general. So this is actually uh, I would say quite quite important to be able to open to gradually, gradually more and more over the months and years of practice. I'm going to leave a bit out don't overload you guys so um yeah there'll be chance for questions so I'll leave I'll leave something out so um there's going to be a lot of um practice suggestions and instructions and things on this retreat um it won't be very linear, in, in, or rather, there isn't a, a, a linear sort of, apart from this energy body emphasis at the beginning, it's not like, first you do this and then we're going to get more advanced over the week. So sometimes you might think, oh, on day five, I wish you'd said that at the beginning, or, or um, vice versa, you know. Um, it's just the way things are, they have to unfold in time, um, but ho- hopefully that's okay. Don't get um, overwhelmed you know stuff's being recorded or whatever just try um, try what feels like it resonates and works and and let it go you know if, if you want to uh, don't worry if, if it feels like too much and you're not getting it in terms of the different practice or you're not getting this one or you miss that one or whatever <coughs> In a, in a way, everything that we're talking about is, is kind of connected with everything else. It's kind of inseparable, but we have to separate it just to communicate things in time and in chunks. Can't kind of download it all in an instant. So that's just the nature of things, and and to be flexible around that. But what we are engaged in, and again, it might be different from um, the way many people tend to think of practice, which is just sort of being and being with the body and sort of waiting for what comes up and then this comes up and then I'm with that and then after a while something else comes up and then I'm with that. Um, And a kind of receptive, passive practice, very beautiful uh, way of practicing. It's only a mode of practicing. I think lovely as that is, it will will be quite limiting if, if I'm only practicing in that way. So we're going to give lots of suggestions and practices and actually asking you to deliberately engage a way of looking rather than just, I'm just hanging out and being with what is, etc. Actually moving in and out again of deliberate ways of looking. And that's usually not our habit and especially when we come to talk about imaginal practice and practices of enchantment or cosmopoesis, that tends not to be our habit. A, for, for a lot of people to um, enter into kind of cosmopoetic um, ways of looking, and uh, but B to actually deliberately do that. So it's a different um, different approach, really. A lot of this stuff with images and cosmopoes can come up spontaneously, and that's great. And and it's and it's uh, deliberate. But what, what with all, everything that we're offering, you know, we might offer some things. Oh, that didn't quite work. Let me get that to work now and um, careful about this really an encouragement to use use the energy body and use the sense of soulfulness as your guide this this practice I can feel it resonating something in the soul okay I need to refine it or whatever but let that be your compass the energy body and the sense of soulfulness rather than banging on at something that actually doesn't um, stimulate a sense of soul-making in in you. So you know in classical Tantra teachings you might have a prescribed thing to work with uh, a deity image or something like that Um, but our, our encouragement is to pursue and to stick with or try again only those practices that resonate Resonate in and for the soul. Even if it seems like that practice was initiated in a kind of contrived or um, external way from our suggestions, it doesn't matter. What matters is the soul resonance and the sensitivity to that. And so then you're onto something. So that's, that sense of soulfulness, let it guide you. If not, if we don't, there's a danger that these kinds of practices or any kind of practice can actually just be lifeless, soulless, pointless in a way, um, except perhaps as an exercise in concentration or an exercise in visualization or something. Nothing deep or significant um, for or in the soul is really being touched, stirred, moved in in both senses of the word, um, brought alive, enriched, deepened. So it's that sense of soulfulness, like as it tells you when you're onto something, this is gold for me, this is a treasure for me. It might still be difficult, might be confusing, but there's gold here, yeah? So really we're gonna, say this so so many times, really the encouragement to play on this retreat with these practices, to experiment be, let yourself be creative. We're gonna be offering a lot but think of it like where we got a big artist studio here and we just open the doors and there's all kinds of paints and canvases and stuff you can make sculptures on and uh, video equipment and you can just play Okay? And you can decide what you play with, and you can be really systematic if you want, you can stay with one thing, or, or whatever. But see, it can, can we have that approach to practice? Do you understand? What's the point? <laughs> what is the... Uh, <laughs> what is the point? Um, This actually is a really important question. Sometimes we lose a little track of what the point is of practice. I'm talking for long-term practitioners. What's the point? Or else the point becomes hardened into something that part of us no longer really believes in. It's no longer really alive for the soul, the point of practice. I'm borrowing some Buddhist words or something I just keep hearing in loads of talks or in books. Is it my point? Is it the point for my soul? Or am I, am I? Am I? Is my point half dead? I'm th- this is human. I'm talking about human. So we'll we'll revisit this uh, probably a lot on the retreat. But just to say right now, wh- what's the point of all these practices that we'll be offering? Um, is certainly not to to try and believe this or that, or get you, Catherine and I, trying to make you believe some kind of a uh, new religion or something. Um, it's not to believe this or that about the self, about life, or about world. Um, nor is it, I think, to try and achieve any particular perception. I got a perception of my body being red energy body or, or whatever it is. Great, okay, and, and wonderful, or some other perception. But rather Through all these practices, through this exercising of the flexibility of ways of looking, through exploring an attitude, a a, a relationship with practice of of more, that's more like art, more like poetry, uh, in relation to perception, through these things, loosening happens. Actually, many kinds of loosening happen. And that, to me, is a big point. Many kinds of loosening, and what are the different kinds of loosening that happen? So this is f- of fundamental importance, the different kinds of loosening that happen. But even more than that, um, a sense, a perception, a knowing comes through all these practices, something, if you like, uh, maybe, maybe vague, maybe undefined, unarticulated, um, maybe a lot of variation in your experience or other experience because of the ways of looking, but a sense, a perception, an opening, a knowing, a deepening of the sense of beauty, of sacredness, There's more, more, if you like, the central point, not a particular. It can happen in all kinds of ways, and even more, you know. A knowing of eternity. A knowing of the eternal, of the timeless. Many possibilities here, and this, these possibilities, they. Um, They open, they deepen, they widen, and they become more and more accessible in our lives, more and more available to the being, more and more frequent. So I would say at the bottom of it, that's the main point of all the practices. So today this dwelling in, being with, (coughs) emphasizing the abiding in the energy body as the primary thing, that would be the main emphasis today as much as possible. And within that there's different orientations, so it can orient towards the cultivation of The harmony, the sense of harmonization, well-being in that field and the mind dwelling in that and enjoying that and moving towards that, gently encouraging that is one orientation. At other times it might be just sensitive to the energy body and it might be there's some difficulty there or emotional resonances, maybe difficult, maybe lovely, maybe actually neither, just subtle. And there's a way of being with the energy body, just paying attention or working skillfully, gently, helpfully with whatever's going on emotionally as it's playing out in the energy body. And if images feel like they are coming, arising in relation to that, or they feel helpful in relation to that, Um, letting, Letting that come and go too. Letting yourself be flexible, but the energy body is always involved. We're not losing connection with that. We're not losing the sensitivity to that. Or rather we're encouraging the sensitivity to that as part of what's going on. Opening, opening, there's such a, there will be a tendency for for the awareness to shrink and just opening again. It's really about then tuning, tuning the attention, not so much in terms of location as in terms of wavelength or vibration, if you like, resonance in the space maybe at times about location, but it's more about the tuning, the kind of awareness. Okay, so what we're going to try on this retreat is to have an open schedule, just to see how that goes, Uh, okay, which means you can uh, come and go in terms of this this, uh, space here, the main hall, as you like. You can come and sit for three hours straight, you can come and sit for uh, ten minutes, any, any time. Yeah? So, and obviously just try, try and be relatively quiet. But basically it's an open space. So you, you kind of find your rhythm with the sitting and the walking and the standing meditation, etc. Is that cl- clear enough? Yeah? Um, careful if you prioritize sitting. he's not sitting <laughs> uh, those guys are but but we you know it may be that the action really the fruit is in the walking or in the standing or whatever so so be be so much about just find what's really helpful for you okay, but there's an open schedule let's see how that goes with the walking meditation for today um can can we do the walking meditation Uh, again emphasizing the energy body yeah so many of you familiar with what does it feel like in the soles of the feet or in the legs the mindfulness of sensations let's 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 do it differently and see can I walk up and down on my walking path sensitive to this field the energy body yeah or some of you may be walking and there's a sort of vast panoramic awareness of the whole space and the sky. But all of these are wonderful. I think for us today, let's, let's see if we can do the walking and walk up and down with the sensitivity to the energy body. Just, just the same with the sitting. So as in all practice, you might need to experiment a little bit. What's helpful? Do I need to walk slower to allow that at this time? You know, And maybe half an hour later it's faster? Or do I need to walk really fast, or what? So play with, for instance, the pace of the walking that allows you to get the sensitivity to the energy body. You can stop and stand at any point. So halfway through your walking path, um, you might stop, and you actually feel, oh, when I'm still now, actually, this feels good, and um, that's helpful, the energy body. See, really the rhythm of the walking, the pace, and when you stop wait, and, and stand, stand, you might end up standing most of the walking period, no problem just really what's helping this awareness of of the energy body yeah now there's formal walking walking up and down between two points which you're all very familiar with and there's informal walking I'm going to lunch I'm going to a group or whatever it is I'm going to get a cup of tea and see if you can take that opportunity, some of those opportunities too just what is it to walk from here to get my cup of tea and, and be in the energy body or back to the hermitage wing or wherever you're staying. And actually just walk in the corridor in the energy body. Yeah? Just for a little bit. Play with this. Um, in general, probably for most people, as you're walking around the house, it's good to slow down. Uh, that will help this energy body awareness. Again, not because we're aiming for microscopic awareness and that really slow. Um, but just the slowness will help the energy body awareness. For most people. Uh, now, it's ten thirty-five. Um, shall we aim to meet back here at twelve ten? Everyone for uh, something or other. <laughs> is there anything else? Can a bell at five past ah, who, how does the bell thing work? Is it? Is it you, Andrew? No. Is, who, could someone ring a bell at five past twelve? Is what we're wondering. Andrew, thank you. Okay. Uh, or have you already got too many bells now? Uh, I'm not the mm-hmm. anything today. Okay, then Then if you do that, yeah. So five plus, and we'll be back here at 12.10, okay? Okay, enjoy. <coughs> thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.